Welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag for this Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. We're going to get everything going with our patrons and our normal emails and our voicemails. And with WrestleMania now four weeks away, we have things heating up. We've got big heel turns, multiple big heel turns. We've got a new United States champion. We've got Becky Lynch getting whipped. We've got the potential of Stone Cold Steve Austin still appearing and challenging Kevin Owens. There's so much to get to, guys. And where does Seth Rollins land? If Kevin Owens faces uh, faces Stone Cold, where does he land? I mean, so many different things. What about Brock Lesnar, the unification match? Madison Square Garden's coming up. Does Brock lose the belt? Guys, I could go on and on. But instead of giving you a head-spinning opening, I'm going to pause. I'm going to stop. I'm going to give some love to the sponsor, and then we're going to get everything going with your emails and voicemails right after this. Do you guys love mobile racing games and NFT collections? Then check out Meta Racer X. It's a mobile racing game, NFT collection, and VR gaming experience all rolled into one. With the earn element utilizing Prodigy tokens, players are not only able to put their tokens online in gameplay, but have the ability to grow their Prodigy token holdings by investing or earning in-game incentives. MetaRacer X offers high-end graphic gaming experiences with creative gameplay and a competitive racing system. So check them out. It's MetaRacerX.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at Meta underscore Racer underscore X or on Twitter at Meta underscore Racer X. Meta Racer X is a collection of 10,000 unique 3D art pieces that are about to drop on the Ethereum blockchain. They also have a Discord server. Just search for Meta Racers X. You can also just directly link to that Discord server and all of the social media that I just told you. If you look at their Twitter, uh, they have a link tree where all of these are available for you. But if you want more information, you can, of course, check them out on social media. But I would recommend you go right to their website at MetaRacerX.com. They're building a community of gamers, NFT collectors, and fans of racing. They're rolling out a motorsport NFT collection created by by a major design studio, and they use NFTs to race the community and earn prizes. And the most exciting element of the project, their introduction of MRX to the VR world. Guys, check out MetaRacerX.com today. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag for this Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. Thank you everybody for joining me here tonight. And you know, as I mentioned in my show yesterday, I'm gonna try to abbreviate this show a little bit and that may mean that I may not get to your email or your voicemail I mean it just it's actually gotten to the point as I mentioned last night if you didn't hear it on my raw review show that the mailbag has expanded to a point where it's not feasible for myself to um to to actually get to everybody and allow multiple voicemails and and, you know crazy emails and like I I love your guys passion but I want to let you know please continue to send them in because I won't I won't purposely try to leave somebody out, but you know, I I do also want to uh, make it a little more manageable here to uh, to allow only one voicemail, one email. Um, you know, I think that's a little bit better, and uh, I'd really love your guys' passion, and I appreciate everybody contributing every single week. But I just want to put that out there that if I don't get to your email or voicemail, 
that it's not personal, or if I don't play all three of your voicemails, that it's nothing personal and that I just need to make it a little bit more of a more condensed, concise show. A pretty good problem to have, right? It means things are growing. So, <clears throat> all right, everybody, thank you for joining me again. The only thing I'll say is if you want ad-free, you want video updates, head on over to wwepodcast.com, go VIP, put in the wrestling or put in the discount code WrestleMania, get 50% off your first month, which is now just $1.50. And you get all that stuff ad free, ad free content from two weeks uh, ago through forever. <laughs> and then uh, a couple of video updates that I'm going to try to do a few times a week that is available nowhere else other than WWPodcast.com, the VIP lounge. So just something to put out there. All right. Well, enough chit chat for myself. Let's dive into and I, I will always try to make uh, patrons the priority as promised from uh, your membership benefits. So let's dive in. Boy, you guys even pound me on Patreon. Um, let's dive into the Patreon mailbox and start with Kyle. Kyle K. He writes to us uh, a bit of a lengthy email, but uh, th that's okay because you're a patron. You get special privileges. Okay. So Kyle K. writes in and says that, uh, hey, hey, everyone listening to the WWE podcast. This is Kyle from Detroit. I think that's how you wanted me to read it. Oh, Michigan. <laughs> In the voice of Pistons announcer John Mason, uh, Kyle, unfortunately, I have no idea who that is. I know who the Pistons are, but I have no clue who the John Mason is. You're probably sitting there going, what? How do you not know? I just don't know. Okay, I don't follow, uh, I don't follow basketball that closely. Anyway, uh, so now that I've thoroughly embarrassed myself and showed my lack of range when it comes to professional sports, let's continue. You say... I figured that there weren't enough Kyles in the mailbox, so I thought I'd add one more. Yeah, thank, thanks so much. And I, I believe you are the third or fourth Kyle. Yeah, I mean, we can't have enough Kyles. First, I want to give a shout out to the crew of the WWE Podcast for creating such great content for us to enjoy and discuss. And I also want to give a shout out to, sorry if I misspell anybody. Don't worry about it. I'll, uh, I'll phonetically speak it correctly. Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan, DJ Kuzmo, the G-Man, Owen the Heel, <clears throat> Kyle from Baltimore, New York, Kyle Miller from South Africa, Justin and Trey from Maryland, um, Memphis, Mark, Randy, the patron, Kanye, Twitty, Smashy, Sharon, Tommy S, Chris, <coughs> uh, Chris B, Brad, Josh, Grace, Dennis, the menace, Alex, the French guy, and all the other people that send their thoughts and comments via email and voicemail, as well as the great discord discussions during events. Kyle, you've outdone yourself. I mean, I, <laughs> you've, you've. You really come up with an exhaustive list. And that, actually, that's not an exhaustive list. That's just part of our, uh, our our weekly contributors. Okay, just a quick background on me. I'm in my late 30s, which some of you on the page, uh, podcast team can relate to. Yep, uh, you got it, buddy. 37 here. <laughs> I have a, quote, old school mentality about wrestling. I started watching WWE back in the late 90s and stopped somewhere in 2002. Basically, all the best years of WWF and WCW. When I was a child, my parents didn't really like me watching wrestling, nor did I have any friends that watched it, so I only got to watch bits and pieces whenever my parents weren't looking. I never got to see any pay-per-view events, so Monday night was usually a catch-up episode for all the great things I missed on the pay-per-view. I took a long break from wrestling and just started watching again recently in 2021 due to an absence of free time from COVID. Uh, wow. Okay, buddy. Holy, holy crap. I mean, you, so you basically took 20 years off from watching wrestling 20. Th that's crazy. I mean, first of all, you've got a lot of catching up to do. 
So you will never, ever, ever, ever run out of content. And that's that's fascinating, actually. I, I mean, I, I've had people on the show that are uh, kind of maybe lost wrestling for five, six, seven, eight, nine years. But 20? Holy wow. I mean, I want to say cool, but you're going to find out very quickly that there is a overwhelming amount of content you've missed. Some of it good, some of it not so good. And wow, cool. All right, let's continue. Now that WWE has added nearly all of their content to Peacock, I've been able to go back and view all the pay-per-views I missed as a child, as well as the great shows that I missed over the years. I missed the development of a lot of great wrestlers like Cena, Orton, J- uh, Brian Danielson, Seth, Rollins, etc. But I'm so thankful to the WWE and Peacock for making it possible to relive it all. My passion for wrestling has definitely been reignited. <clears throat> Eventually, I'll get into AEW as well. But we all know how much time is consumed trying to keep up with all the companies. Yeah, man, it, listen, Kyle, you you said it. It's it's nearly impossible. And if you have a family, as I do, as many of you out there do, your time is as limited as it can possibly be. So trying to keep up with all the weekly content, WWE putting out m- multiple shows per week, AEW putting out multiple shows per week. It is nearly impossible to keep up with. And then you're going to also try to go back and look at all the wrestling. That's good for you, man. Good for you. But I, I hear you on the not being able to watch pay-per-views. I actually, not that people care about my story, but since I'm a narcissist, I want to interject here. I understand your um, your frustration when you had a you you were a fan back in the 90s and early 2000s and you weren't able to watch a pay-per-view because you know your parents may not have let you or whatever. But luckily, while my parents didn't either, unless it was WrestleMania and they were in a really good mood, you know, it was it wasn't exactly easy to do. I would have a friend that we would all get together at that person's house and we'd throw in each like 20 bucks and watch the pay-per-view. I mean, we didn't miss a pay-per-view. I mean, it wasn't just Survivor Series, uh, Mania, Rumble, SummerSlam. It was like bad blood and, you know, um, just the ancillary pay-per-views that you would uh, that you would never think to pay. 50 bucks to pay for to to buy but we all when you all chip in that's what i did anyway for most of the pay-per-views and uh but i hear you at school there wasn't a whole lot of wrestling fans like myself or if there were it wasn't it wasn't quite cool to be a wrestling fan it was a little more acceptable than it you know had become or would would become uh, early in the late 90s it was mainstream and then it started to fade and become uncool and that's when i broke into high school which was in 99 2000 and you know obviously that's a that's a whole other you know high school is a drama world as it is I mean and once somebody finds something that they find repulsive that you like I mean high high school is just a mess I mean imagine having social media in high school and being a, a you know being a student in a high school where you have to worry about you you said what on her wall you posted what you sent what to somebody on Instagram you liked her story imagine all that stuff oh my god thank god I just missed it I should do a whole other podcast I'm like just ancillary crap like high school and I've got so many stories. Um, all right, moving on. My question is what happened pushing to pushing the boundaries? I feel like most of the characters right now are so cookie cutter and one dimensioned. The craziest thing a character can do these days is hit someone with a chair more than once. I don't see much creativity with wrestling in the ring either. Outside of maybe a cool combination of moves, nobody does anything shocking anymore. I think I was spoiled by growing up during the Attitude Era when they tried to break every boundary they could with every character in every story. Stone Cold soaking the ring with beer, blowing up Vince's limo, mankind basically committing suicide, Goldust doing whatever he was doing. But it feels like they have done a complete 180 and purposefully try to avoid anything that might question the status quo or push any boundaries. 
Uh, no, I'm not asking for them to bring back bra and panties matches or cover the ring in tacks or drop a wrestler through four tables all at once, although those things are very entertaining. But can I, can I, how can a company ask their fans to suspend disbelief if you don't do anything that is unbelievable? They even removed and subdued all of their supernatural characters like Taker, Kane, and Bray. We all know Taker wasn't literally turning the lights up in the stadium, but it added mystique and the character and the unknown to his character. And that is what these wrestlers are supposed to be characters. And without great characters, you can't tell a great story. If you want me to suspend my disbelief, WWE, you better need, you need to do more things that are unbelievable. Okay. Wow. There, you have just provided me with like an entire episode of content that I could ram through right now, but I'll give you the cliff notes version of this. So, you are absolutely right in that if you the thing here's the thing Kyle you have the perspective of missing 20 years you went from the quote unquote golden era of wrestling and you just got into the ruthless ruthless aggression era which was great in its own right i don't think the ruthless aggression era gets enough credit because the attitude era is for whatever reason viewed with such rose colored glasses that the at times ruthless aggression doesn't get the adulation that i think it deserves but that said, you you're still watch, you watched an amazing era of wrestling, one that I don't think will ever be duplicated. You fast forward 20 years, you're going to see a product that doesn't even resemble what you used to watch. Because here's the thing. Society has changed. WWE is a product of society. They are a product of the culture. They read the tea leaves and they say, hmm, what's going on? How can we make money? Let's, let's make sure that we're aligning ourselves with the culture. And what did they do? They saw the writing on the wall. They moved to PG. And you know what? It's a smart, it ended up being a smart business decision because they were able to attract more sponsors, being a more open and family friendly paper uh, uh, program, all those things. But that results in less violence. You know, the, the chair shot you alluded to, that is the most shocking thing that they do. Everyone does feel cookie cutter. The culture in WWE has devolved into a much more stringent and much more controlled. Watch your back. Morale is low. They cut. How many people did they cut over the last year? It was in like 80 wrestlers. Nobody seems safe. You know, they have created this toxic and, and just fearful culture. So no one's going to go out on the limb that you're talking about. It's not the wild, wild west anymore, unfortunately. And they have done this to themselves. They've stifled their own creativity by creating a culture that is not conducive to creativity. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, I'm, I'm going to end up you know, blowing a gasket on this one because it's to me, you've you've touched on a topic that is at the root of what the problems are in pro wrestling and how they have how they have arrived at the problems that they have now. And why it's no longer going to and will never be the attitude era again. I don't think they'll ever go back to TV 14. Everybody, especially look at the culture. As I said a few minutes ago, culture and society. What are they doing? What do they find offensive? What, you know, what can we get away with? What can't we get away with? What do we have to stay away from? What do we have to include? We need to be careful because again, I'm not getting into politics, but uh, you know, politics is always upstream of culture and WWE is upstream of culture, and I think that a lot of the politics are interwoven in culture, which does eventually lead bleed into WWE. All that said, uh, you know we are in a softer time, 
and things are very cookie cutter. The matches, the layouts of the matches feel the same. The uh, the, the the cut to commercial break feels the same. The way they cut to the commercial break is always said the same. They have to say the same words all the time of momentum and message and statements and like they they are extremely controlled from top to bottom and nobody is 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 uh, encouraged to go out on the limb. They may say publicly that yeah people should do that, but no one does it because they know if they, they do it and fail they could be out of a job. That's the problem that they've created among many others. So thank you, Kyle. You, I mean, again, you're going to get me, you're going to get me blowing a gasket. Um, and uh, thank you for that, though. I, I love when I love when people do that to me because it, it riles up the passion I have. This is not me crapping on WWE. It's pointing out objective reality with WWE that they are not what they were. And just because people call it, quote unquote, progressive, it, it, it may not really be progressive in the sense of the word. It may be evolving, but it doesn't mean it's progressing in the right direction, you know? So while people always will look at the word progressive as, well, it's progressing, it's expanding in the right. Well, for, again, progressive just means that it's, it's evolving. It's, it's continuing to change. It doesn't mean it's changing in, in a, you know, for the better big difference. So anyway, oh boy, Kyle, I'm going to take a breath. Thank you. Okay, continuing on. For my second question, I'd like to pose a possible what if to listening uh, to listening for the listening crowd. Jeez, I'll get it right. What if at WrestleMania 38, not only do we get the triumphant return of Steve Austin, but we also get the return of Triple H. And after WrestleMania, Vince McMahon randomly decides to step down as chairman and CEO of WWE and lets Triple H take more control. What would have happened to the company? Okay, okay. For, first, let me stop here. Uh it's not going to happen with Triple H. I, I actually read a story uh, from credible news sites. And when I say credible, I'm talking about the big ones. Okay. Regard, I, I always or sometimes cite Dave Meltzer. I know he's a very controversial uh, uh, and polarizing figure. He's not the most beloved journalist. And I say that lightly at times in, in uh, the, the wrestling field. But he has broken many stories and he is still an influential figure, whether you love him or hate him. So he has talked about how Triple H is not going to be competing at this year's WrestleMania. It's not going to happen. He's, he's just coming off of a heart condition. He's not really in ring shape. It's not going to happen. Now, it doesn't mean Triple H can't come out and deliver a pedigree to somebody. But I really, really doubt Triple H is going to be in, in an in-ring capacity at WrestleMania. Plus, there's only with four weeks. Well, who is he going to face and why? You don't have much time to build it. Almost no time left. Uh, okay, and but Stone Cold is much more of a possibility. I'll still believe that when I see it. Okay, uh, and as far as your Triple H, Vince stepping down and, and Triple H taking control, what would happen to the company? What direction do you think they'll go? What impact would Triple H had? And if Vince doesn't hand the company over to Triple H, who do you think he'd give it to? Crazy scenario. Yeah, look, Kyle, you are, you are creating episode after episode of a podcast. It's really difficult for me to expand on this other than just say in short form, that it's not going to happen, but let's let's play out your scenario that Vince does decide to step down and he gives it to Triple H. I honestly don't think much think much would change, and at least not initially, because Stephanie is also still there and she's Miss Philanthropy. She's all about promoting the brand. She's she doesn't believe in kayfabe. I mean, look at her Twitter profile and everything else. I mean, you wouldn't even know Stephanie McMahon's a part of a wrestling company. If you said that, she'd probably say, no, I'm not. I'm part of an entertainment company. No, you're not. 
No, you're not. Wrestling is entertainment, but wrestling is how you entertain people. Therefore, you are a part of a wrestling company. But I digress. So I don't think because of, I mean, you're still going to have all the same players other than Vince at the helm. So maybe creatively things would be booked differently, but the presentation and everything else, it, it wouldn't change, at least not quickly and overnight. It may evolve over many years into a different product, but I don't think you'd see an immediate change. So, okay, Kyle, you're killing me here in a good way. All right. For my last thoughts, I throw out I throw a shout out to all the women of WWE. These women are killing it these days. I think they're outperforming the men right now at the premium live events. They have really shown their professionalism, talent, excellent uh, or experience and passion for wrestling. Push Rhea and Dewdrop. Yes, agreed. And um, yeah, it's so funny. You're, you're coming into wrestling 20 years after you stopped watching and you are going from an era where they had bra and panties matches, sexualizing and objectifying these women to making them the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, boy, you have certainly uh, gone from one extreme to the other. Uh, but yeah, push Rhea and Dewdrop. Um, fine with me. Current favorites. Men's. Uh, you like Seth. He might be the most well-rounded wrestler in the business. I would agree with that. Uh, I love that stupid laugh. I, you know, I, I hated it. But maybe I'm supposed to. I don't know. Uh, but okay, women, you like Bel Air. She impresses you with some something new every time she's on camera. And Ronda can go away. She's my least favorite wrestler. Yeah, I have no love for Ronda Rousey. None. I don't. I actually don't care if they just decided if there was breaking news and Ronda Rousey was released. I'd say okay, cool. I, I would. I wouldn't bat an eye at all. I mean, Ronda Rousey does nothing for me. She does nothing because I don't like I don't like her demeanor. I don't like who she has been when she's not in the company. Uh, she's done things that are disrespectful to fans, and not in a way that's supposed to get heel heat, but in just kind of a a d bag, clearly exposing who you are way. I don't know. Okay, I need to move on to the next email. <laughs> yeah, so far my uh, my goal of mitigating the length of this podcast is not working. <laughs> okay, let's get to let's see here. Who do we want to go by next? Uh, let's see. Who do I go to? All right, let's get to our uh, next one here. And uh, this individual says, here we go. Let's get ready for it. By now, you know who I am. All right, quiet while I speak. Let me tell you how I, I, I run this show now. So give me the heel music. Yeah, I, I don't have it. Dennis, uh, this is Dennis, by the way. Um, if you, <laughs> Dennis McGinley, if you have heel music, I will incorporate it in here. You just send me what that music is, and uh, maybe I'll I'll be nice enough to uh, give you some music. Um, other than that, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up to the bullies on this show and not allow you to to push me around. Damn it! Okay, I want Brock Lesnar to become your new heavyweight champion after the match at WrestleMania. I think Roman's streak ends at WrestleMania. So I so because I call the shots, I'll put what I heard from Brock and use it for this. I'm calling out. I can't say the word because it's not PG. D-head Roman Reigns. If you're so good and you think you're the head of the table and you sit at uh, and, and you sit at and go through everybody and you think you can again, well, you missed a person. His name goes by the name of Mr. Dennis McGinley. Hey Roman, come talk to me face to face. I think you're you'll see I'm not going to win or that the streak is up at WrestleMania. I think Roman is going to use my finisher, Mike Check. The the Mike check Mostyn plunge, then I do the concerto on him twice. Man, you've got quite the imagination, Dennis. It's violent. I love it. When you say that uh, that ring, 
What did your mommy come to tell you to, what to say in this past night on SmackDown? I think the Usos held the tag team goal. Okay, well, I, I think Roman Reigns has uh, certainly, at the very least, wet himself. So I hope that Roman Reigns is wearing black pants at this point. Uh, I think the Usos have held the tag team titles for too long and that Vince should let some Raw and SmackDown talent go totally off script and let them wrestle and see who the real winner is, not fake. I know who's going to win the match before it starts because we go by the script. Well, unfortunately, Dennis, then it's not pro wrestling anymore. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part. It would be interesting to see that, you know, who the real best amateur wrestler is or who the best fighter is. But then you're looking at the the, the uh, tragedy of repeating the brawl for all that we all knew back in the nineties and 99, I believe if, if anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, the brawl for all the, I, I believe dark side of the ring even did an entire, um, an entire episode on brawl for all. It was a disaster and not just in a way of creative, but in a way of actually injuring stars. It was bad news bears, but that's what you're looking at Dennis. If we implement this, unfortunately, Last few things. I don't believe that Ricochet has what it takes now to, to beat Sammy for the IC title this Friday. And I'm sick of seeing almost superhero Nikki A.S.H. come on. If she can be in WWE, then I should have the same opportunity. That's all I have to say this week, Matt. It doesn't matter what you think. I'm always going to be the reigning defending heel. Talk with you next week. Well, thank you, Dennis. I, I will talk to you next week as well. And yeah, I mean, I don't even know why Nikki's even calling herself almost a superhero. Do do if you're that close to superheroism, and you are th- an inch away from possessing superpowers, you would imagine that you'd win some matches because the rest of us are just mere mortals. So, if you're this close to to you know being Superwoman, certainly aren't showing it. Nikki has just got it. Her character is just anyway. Thank you, Dennis. I think. All right, let's get to our next patron here, and it is the G-Man. He says, I can see in the Pat McAfee show, or, or can I see the Pat McAfee show? I, I, I'm not sure if it's a question, G-Man. You, you, you should be able to. It might be live on YouTube on Pat McAfee's channel, I think. Don't quote me on that. Pat can't understand what Vince is saying, which sets off Vince, and I see Austin Theory attacking Pat on the show and sets up a WrestleMania match. Don't worry, everybody won't be seeing Vince in the ring. The man is 80 years old. Unless the man nails a 450 splash behind the scenes, I'm pretty sure he won't be wrestling. Second, you might hate me on this, but I want to see Johnny Knoxville win the IC title at WrestleMania. I'm a huge jackass fan, and I love seeing Johnny in the WWE, but I love Sami Zayn too, so I'm interested in what WWE will do here. Okay, before I continue, let me respond to this. If Vince McMahon gets in the ring, you know, I almost want to see it. For the pure selfish reason of it's going to be a disaster. I mean, Vince in his quote unquote prime when he was in the Austin McMahon rivalry 20 years ago was bad in the ring. You add 20 years to that. You think he's going to improve? He had a bad match against uh, Bret Hart. I would say the only one that was like that I remember being half okay was against Hulk Hogan because he had that one of the most hilarious bloody face looks creeping over the ring apron when he had a lead pipe in his hand. Every, if, if you've watched that WrestleMania between Hulk and Vince, you know what I'm talking about. It's one of the most, to me, iconic moments that's not talked about enough. It could be a meme at this point. Um, but, okay, and look, you love Johnny Knoxville? Cool. I'm not going to tell you not to. That's the great part of wrestling. 
just because I run a show that you guys like and listen to, most of you, uh, I have certainly have my haters. That's how you know you're doing a good job, by the way, is people start to hate you. But just because I have a show that you guys listen to, maybe support me from a financial standpoint, I don't want you to agree with me. That's good. I'm glad you like Johnny Knoxville. That means you're enjoying the product. So cool. I don't, and I've stated my reasons why I don't. It's like Vince was 20 years late to the party on Jackass being still relevant. You know, I mean, why don't you just have Tom Green come out here now? Why don't don't you have Carson Daly come out? You know, hell, bring the Backstreet Boys in. Oh, jeez. All right. Um, So let's see. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to have Bailey and Sasha challenge Zelina and Carmella for the tag titles of WrestleMania. But Bailey's not ready to come back yet. So they had to go with plan B with Naomi and Sasha. It's fine. Just with Sasha was challenging Charlotte for the women's title, but I simply don't care for Ronda and Charlotte. Okay. If they ever went with Sasha and Bailey in a tag team match against Zelina and Carmella, I I don't even know what I would do about that. I don't know how I'd react. I would I, maybe I'd laugh, I'd be frustrated. It depends on how they'd presented it, right? It depends on how the announcers would talk about this, what the narrative would be. Because how many times have we seen one turn on the other? It's an ongoing just a, a joke of a team because you know somebody's going to backstab someone in, in the you know in the back because that's how you backstab somebody <laughs> at some point you know whether it's a week later a year later it's going to happen I don't know I, I'm glad they didn't do that because to me while Bailey's a bigger star and we're waiting for her to return and she may be in time for WrestleMania who knows not in this tag team not this way and yeah Ronda Charlotte is I feel like I should be more excited than I am to me it's just mm. I think Charlotte, I don't think Ronda needs to be in the division. The division is doing just fine without her. So quick note, uh, we will be getting Oscar and Lacey Evans back very soon. Although creative, I don't hear what they'll do with Oscar, which is sad. Big shame on you, creative, as usual. Uh, thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's good stuff. I, I really do. Like Chad Gable's really growing on me. I mean, in a good, I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. Chad Gable's just, I think he's onto something. He's onto several catchphrases right now that I don't think WWE anticipated to catch on like it is right now. He's got his own t shirt, for God's sake. So, yeah, look, I, I haven't heard anything about Asuka. I really haven't. So, if you have, let me know your sources. I'm sure if I, I, I was, wasn't lazy and I actually just took five seconds to do a Google search, I could probably find something. But since I'm super lazy right now and I'm falling asleep, I, I'm not going to do it. So, G-Man, if you want to share those sources with me, I'd appreciate it. Because I, I have not seen anything, honestly, on Lacey Evans and or Bailey. But I know that they are coming back. I just don't know when. So, all right. Well, let's take a break. We got through a few emails. We've certainly got uh, a few more to go through on Patreon. And then if we, we have regular emails that I'll try to get to and, and a few voicemails. I'm going to feel really bad this week if I don't get to somebody's. And I know I'm going to miss somebody. And I don't mean to. It's uh, it, it's really, don't take it personally. So, all right. Uh, that said, let's uh, take a break for the sponsor of the show. And then we'll be right back. Do you guys love mobile racing games and NFT collections? Then check out Meta Racer X. It's a mobile racing game, NFT collection, and VR gaming experience all rolled into one. With the earn element utilizing Prodigy tokens, players are not only able to put their tokens online in gameplay, but have the ability to grow their Prodigy token holdings by investing or earning in-game incentives. 
MetaRacer X offers high-end graphic gaming experiences with creative gameplay and a competitive racing system. So check them out. It's MetaRacerX.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at Meta underscore Racer underscore X or on Twitter at Meta underscore Racer X. Meta Racer X is a collection of 10,000 unique 3D art pieces that are about to drop on the Ethereum blockchain. They also have a Discord server. Just search for Meta Racers X. You can also just directly link to that Discord server and all of the social media that I just told you. If you look at their Twitter, uh, they have a link tree where all of these are available for you. But if you want more information, you can, of course, check them out on social media. But I would recommend you go right to their website at MetaRacerX.com. They're building a community of gamers, NFT collectors, and fans of racing. They're rolling out a motorsport NFT collection created by, by a major design studio, and they use NFTs to race the community and earn prizes. And the most exciting element of the project, their introduction of MRX to the VR world. Guys, check out MetaRacerX.com today. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, let's continue on here. Let's get to the next email from our patrons, which, by the way, see here's the benefit of being a patron. Your email is almost guaranteed to be read every week. That's the guarantee. That's a guarantee I'll make. For all the patrons who send in their emails, I will 100% always get to your email. The, uh, everybody else, it's going to be a crapshoot. I'll try my best. I really will. I'm not trying to, just trying to say, oh, well, get Patreon and give me your money. You'll get, you'll get on. That's up to you. I'm just giving you the, the reality of the of the uh, time crunch situation that I'm in with things in my life. Okay. So the next one then is from... Uh, th- this one is from Matt. Matt K. I'm not going to put your name unless you tell me explicitly you want me to put your last name in. So Matt K. writes in and says that a Bleacher Report blurb was dumb. They said the crowd was tepid. I was at the show, and that place was totally sold out, and the crowd was really hot. They were so loud for Charlotte and Rousey that, and the New Day the first hour. The crowd only became tepid during the boring, insane segment. It was actually a fun show to be at. The dark, the dark match was Roman and the Usos versus Drew and the Viking Raiders. Well, Matt, um, I'm glad. See, I love in-person perspective. I love when people are able to tell me things that they the, uh, the, the watching the TV show doesn't tell me. So the crowd was hot. Didn't come across that way, but um, cool. Thanks, Matt. I love the, in the dark match is interesting too, that Roman's starting to work with drew. I think that's very telling of what drew could be doing after WrestleMania. It could be drew versus Roman for the unnamed, you know, merged unified championship. So interesting. I believe Edge was at least half heel going into the triple threat at Mania last year because Daniel Bryan was in it and he started acting heelish. Yeah, I do remember that last year. Last year was a little weird because the crowd didn't really know who to cheer for. They were they were conflicted between Daniel and, and Edge, especially. You know that, that while Roman was the clear cut heel and there was no cheers for him, by and large, the the conflict the uh, the uh, the problem came for fans when they had to choose between Daniel Bryan and Edge. Yes. I do remember that. Thank you, Matt, for bringing that up. And thanks for the in-person analysis. Okay, let's see. Um, I'm going to go with Alex, the French guy. 
And he says, oh boy, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to make sure I get to the right one. Okay. I uh, See, I, I look at the dates. I got to look at the dates because I'm looking at something from February 15th. That's not it. This is the one from, okay, yesterday. And he says, he says, excuse me, <clears throat> I wanted to know your opinion about rumors of Cody Rhodes coming back to WWE. Maybe you already spoke about it, so I might have missed it, but I wanted to know your opinion about it. If anything, you would think he would add to the WWE roster. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, I don't know when, but I have heard everything. Everything that I have heard does seem to conclude with Cody Rhodes actually ending up in WWE. Probably at WrestleMania in some kind of run-in or post-match thing. That's what I have been... That's the rumor mill that's been churning. But everything does seem to be pointing to, yeah, Rhodes is on his way back to WWE. And they're, I'm very interested to see when they do it. Is he presented as a heel or a babyface? What does the crowd do? I mean, he could be cast one way, but what is the actual in-person perspective, in-person reaction? What does that sound like for Cody? There's going to be a lot of... um a lot of interesting times when Cody comes back, a lot of interesting promos. Cody Rhodes is a polished performer. Now he's not the Cody Rhodes that, you know, we knew when he left. So it's going to be a fun time, but I don't know exactly when, who, or, you know, what they're going to do with him. But I know that I've heard everything seems to, everything seems to be going towards Cody Rhodes coming back to WWE. Thank you, Alex. Let's get to, who do I want to get to next? I got to be very selective, meaning I need to give patrons a priority here. Okay. William E. writes in and says, I'm sure you'll cover it on the Raw Review before this gets to the mailbag. Well, I'm going to put it on the mailbag anyway. But I'm sitting here watching Raw, and that opening match of Alpha Academy versus Seth and KO was bleeping outstanding. What a way to open a show. I even enjoyed the back and forth on the KO show beforehand. We all know how frustrating WWE can be, but I want to give credit and those four superstars, big props for one hell of an opener. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I praised it too. Myself and Anthony, who was on the show, another patron and uh, a great conversation last night. He was on the show and we both praised it. It was a very good way to open Raw. Yes, we kind of had the opening quote unquote promo, but the chemistry was there for all four guys. It was just there. And you know, Kevin Owens... Asking why Chad Gable says a thank you and why he says it weird was funny. The match itself then followed was even better than I think the the uh, the talking part of the whole segment. It was just all all around just a, a win for that segment. Yes, was it the best thing I've ever seen? No, but boy, compared to some segments that they've had as of late, this was a this was a I, I'd say a home run. I really would, at, at very least a triple. Can you tell baseball season's getting close? But yes, I agree. I agree, William or Bill, whichever you prefer. I um, I'm, I'm on board with that, 100%. Totally agree. And uh, we need to give WWE credit when they do things right. You know, I and I often have to remind myself of that. You know, that while I tend to look at WWE with a critical eye, because more often than not, they give me more content to criticize than praise. We need to remember that when you can praise the product and you see somebody uh, something in someone and a situation and a creative storyline that you like, we should we should call it out and say, hey, great job. You know, I don't think there's enough of that. Sometimes I gloss over the good things and just hammer the stuff that's negative. I don't I think as a human species, sometimes we just gravitate towards negativity for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Maybe it makes us feel good about ourselves. I don't know. 
don't know. If there's a psychologist out there, please don't do a study on me. I don't want to know. Let's, I, I just don't. Let, let's Ignorance is bliss, okay? I don't want to know what I'm diagnosed with. I don't want to hear that I you know, have all these issues. In a, no. All right. I, I'm sure I do. All right. Let's get to our next patron here. Uh, we're almost done with the patrons, guys. Almost. Let's get to... Aha. Ha Miller. And he says... We have, he just joined the VIP lounge, I'm, and I'm sure that this is uh, not supposed to be on the podcast, but I'm going to put it on anyway for anyone who has this same question. I didn't get the option to as special to add WrestleMania as a promo code for the first month. I also don't can't see the video you released about Cesaro. Could you help out? All right. Thank you for bringing this up. I am going to check this out for you. There should be a WrestleMania promo code that you can put in, and I'm going to go in right now. What I'm going to do is go in and make sure that you can see everything and that you can enter this promo code. So uh, let me do this right now. Okay, so here, Dennis, or Dennis, I'm sorry, uh, Miller, let me uh, tell you how this works. Very simple. If you click on Go VIP, anybody that's interested, to get the discount, you, there's a Go VIP button right at the very top. You click on that, and then it says, you know, click your membership. And there's only one level available right now for $3 a month. And then in once you go there, it says, oh, okay, what's all your account info? However, right above account information, there is a text that says, do you have a discount code? Click here to enter your discount code. So I will, it's a small text. I'll, I'll make that text bigger because I think that it's... Uh, a little too small and too hidden. So my apologies, Miller, but it is actually right above the account information. So it is there. Um, and uh, anybody that's listening, you can check out the uh, the discount code. It's, it's WrestleMania for 50% off. And uh, anybody that has paid the $3, what I can do for the one month that you try to put the discount code in and you didn't get it, Miller, I will send you back $1.50. That way... You get the discount, and everyone's happy. Uh, so, all right, moving on. And uh, actually, thirty minutes have passed since I <laughs> uh, recorded that. I'll be refunding you, Miller, and I did. So that should be in your account. And now I also fixed the text on that membership level page. It's much bigger now, and the discount code text is in blue. It's big and blue. You can't miss it. Everyone enter that discount code of WrestleMania. It gives you 50% off your first month. So it's a buck 50. And I'll also have to check out that content that you're saying is missing. That's problematic. Definitely problematic. But uh, thank you for bringing this to my attention. And uh, let's continue on. All right. Uh, so our next message is, let's see here. I actually don't think it's, it's not, it's not Randy. Randy, what are you doing? We're missing you. Maybe you, you're in our other uh, other emails, but let's get to Mr. Casual, or not Mr. Casual, DJ Kuzmo. He's also a patron of our show. And he says, hey, Matt and WWE AEW podcast fam. This is DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. No shout outs or shameless plugs. Let's dive in. Cesaro. If there was ever an award for the most underutilized, most underappreciated, and overlooked wrestler in, in all of WWE today or in any day, it has to be Cesaro. Because Vince has once said about Cesaro, it's just, it's that he's Swiss. Yeah, we'll never forget that. Anyway, congrats to Cesaro on deciding not to re sign with WWE. And at the age of 41, Cesaro 
still has a couple of more years ahead in wrestling. This decision for Cesaro to leave, in my opinion, has to be based on the creative aspect of the contract on how Cesaro will be booked going forward and not necessarily the cash, as Jim Ross once quoted, cash or creative. Anyway, I wish Cesaro all the best. AEW is very crowded, so hopefully he doesn't go there, but he probably joins a promotion that he can make an immediate impact with so that we can all see the true potential of Claudio uh, Castagloni. Yeah, I'm terrible at names. So yeah, his real name, obviously. I mean, the problem is you're not seeing a DJ. He's Swiss. Don't you get it? He's never going to make it. He's Swiss. <laughs> uh, anybody that has no idea what I'm talking about, go watch the 2015 episode of the Stone Cold Podcast with Vince McMahon. That's all I'll say. But yeah, look, Cesaro, one of the most pure wrestling performers that WWE's had, not a great promo, never was a great promo, but in-ring could hang with anybody, super strong, reliable, never put the company in jeopardy, just it seemed like an all-around tough, just reliable guy, and I wish him nothing but the best. Finn Balor, congratulations to the new United States champion on winning his first ever U.S. title. I was expecting Finn to become the U.S. title, a United States champion at Mania, and not on Raw, Anyway, I'm happy that the title change happens sooner than later. And if I'm not mistaken, Finn Balor has now won every title on the main roster except for the WWE title, which will probably be renamed at WrestleMania. Plus, he won the NXT title twice. With all these accomplishments for Finn, I hope Creative keeps the title on him for a while, for six months, and build him as credible as a credible U.S. champ, and in place, and then place him in these careless 50-50 bookings. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I see your wink there, DJ, and I would unfortunately say that's probably going to be the case. They have very rarely gone all in, if never, except the fact that he was the first universal champion. They've never gone in with Finn Balor all in. And even though he's in a upper mid card feud with uh, Damian Priest, I still have no hope, sadly. No faith because they haven't given me a reason to believe that they're going to go all in with Finn and not have him be booked in 50-50 booking and all that nonsense. Uh, Time will tell, but I'm a little hesitant as you are. Cody Rhodes, final topic here. As much as everyone and the rumor mill sources say that Cody's coming back, I'm going to briefly say that it's an absolute work. That's right. I said it's a work. And Cody Rhodes is doing this to screw the Rumorville sources and the fans to officially return back to AEW and become the heel that all the AEW fans, including myself, are begging for him to turn. I think he shows up at this Sunday's AEW Revolution pay-per-view to close off the pay-per-view and says, I'm back. Mic drop, and I'm out. That's a hell of a theory. Hell of a theory, DJ. I like it. Problem is this. If, in fact, that is the case... Tony Khan would be wrapped into this, and he's the guy that's funding this whole thing, and you can't turn the that guy heel. He's the one bringing in the talent. You would then never trust any statement put out by uh, Tony Khan, and you would look at it and go, ah, there, he's probably at work or whatever. That's the problem. It's not just Cody who did this. You know, We had uh, Tony Khan in on it as well. So I'm cool with it, but you need to be ready for the ramifications down the line of you know, Tony Khan himself being involved in this. So... Cool. DJ, thank you. And we'll get to your voicemail a little bit later. And now I believe that means we can turn to the regular emails here. I'll try to get to everybody, guys. I'm really trying here. All right, let's get to Grace. And she says, 
that I was thinking about sending a voicemail for the mailbag, but didn't know it was too late. <laughs> like, I can't be reading this. What am I doing reading this on the, the, the email or the uh, mailbag show? Um, so, uh, Grace, I'm going to email you back right now. And hopefully by the time I get to voicemails, you'll be able to send in a voicemail. Time will tell, right? I mean, well, this show's already done. It's in the books. You're hitting play on it. So I guess we will tell. If, in fact, I didn't tell you in time, I record. Here's the thing. I record the mailbag just for your reference about 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday nights. So if you don't get in your voicemail by then, you may have a problem. So, um, all right. Well, Grace, I'm going to email you back right now and we'll see if it works. But uh, if not, my bad. Okay, let's get to Terry from Tennessee. Springfield, Tennessee, to be specific. And you have a very long email, Terry, so I'll try to uh, break it up here. And you say, Veer Mahan is coming to Raw. That is all. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no, that, that's breaking news, Terry. Thank you for that. We, we've been on the Veer Mahan watch for how many months now since Elias went missing, too? You know, it, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. You know, make sure you keep up with that breaking news of Veer Mahan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, Terry. Okay. Uh, let's see here. So I'm going to go with Matt M. And actually, you say it's Maddie B with a quick one today. Hi, hiya, hiya. Do you not feel protected? I'm going to start a petition to ask for your Xylee entrance impression to be added to the podcast intro. Until next time, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe I can stick that in the, uh, the audio to be to be fair i'm not the one who came up with our audio mix at the beginning that was the genius of mimi burris mimi actually put all of those audio clips you hear together so credit to mimi maybe i can have her do that but i mean if you want to if you want an impression a very scary impression and uh, of uh, Zylee, and as you said matt it'll make you feel extremely safe and it may actually put a, bit, a little bit of fear into the, your heart so trigger warning guys I hope you're ready. Okay, ready? Here we go. Hiya. Hiya. There we go. It's just I feel like I'm Tommy the like Tommy from uh, you know, Power Rangers. I'm the Green Ranger. I mean, it really is that bad. If you've watched Power Rangers, I'm still I love Power Rangers, guys. Like I was such a fan in the 90s, mid 90s, late 90s, and I still occasionally watch it today just to zone out. <laughs> uh, but it's it's that bad. When you when you saw the fight sequences, they were just so over the top of hiya, like you could hear it. It's so bad, and that's how I feel like Zia Lee is. So wow, I never thought I'd go that road. All right, Matt, thank you, and I'll see what I can do about adding that to the intro. All right, let's talk to uh, Brett Brett Newton, and he. I'm not sure where you're you're from, but uh, nonetheless, you say that I'll be going to night one of WrestleMania. Night one, I would not mind joining you and probably Mike Ritter in a review show as it will be the first, uh, it will be in the, oh, wait, wait, you say you're going to be in the first row of the second section? Cool. And I'll have a good view. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I'm assuming you probably sold, you know, a couple of fingers and toes to get those seats or took a second mortgage out in your house. Those are expensive. Good, good stuff for you though. Um, so first of all, Brett, let's, um, let's talk separately. I, you know, I haven't really thought about who I'm going to have on the post show yet. And if I can even do a post show immediately following, we'll have to figure out the logistics, but I would, you know, definitely up for discussion. Also, Michael Ritter, I would like to see if you could, if I could try to maybe meet you. I don't necessarily know how that would work and what 
that would look like. I just wanted to say, I really want to see the undertaker induction in stone cold. Uh, well, first of all, if you want to meet Michael Ritter, I mean, contact him on Twitter. I mean, maybe you guys can schedule a meetup. I don't know. Talk, talk to Michael. Maybe it's possible. Um, Anyway, I just want to really see Undertaker induction and Stone Cold. Yeah, me too. Finally, I really hope to see Ronda and Charlotte Edge and Styles. I hope you know I'm not begging to be on your podcast. I've just always wanted to do something. So I'm kind of trying to grab an opportunity by the throat. Well, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that, Brad. You're just trying to you're, – you're shooting your shot, as the kids say. And I can appreciate that. So we will talk – uh, separately. And, uh, I haven't, I really haven't come up with a schedule, you know, four weeks from now. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing tomorrow. So, uh, all right. Thank you, Brad. Um, let's see. Do I, do I, do I, yeah, I think I do. I have another, uh, email coming to us from, let's see here. Um, Naladri. And he said from India, India, I believe you're on Twitter too, or not Twitter. Instagram. I think that's you on Instagram. So, uh, yeah, I, I really don't know if I got that right. So who knows? <laughs> and I don't mean to be disrespectful. I can't even pronounce normal names correctly. Like English, kind of just generic, run-of-the-mill, boring names. I can't even speak those correctly. So, yeah, I mean, I think I said your name correctly. So if I didn't, I apologize. Okay. First, we may disagree, but I'm loving this Brock Lesnar. Not that I'm despised his pre- uh, I despise his previous character, but this one seems more like what Taker attempted to portray through his American badass character, something that resonates with their real lives. And I don't really want Lesnar to lose to Roman in Mania because he's playing the character of Tribal Chief. So, well, that I hate him, he's so good at being bad. I'm glad you like him. I don't hate him. Uh, you know, you and I don't completely disagree on this. It's just not my favorite flavor of Brock. Doesn't mean I hate this version of Brock. Doesn't make me want to change the channel. He's still Brock freaking Lesnar. So I don't hate it. It's just not my favorite flavor of him. Okay, so you have a few questions. Don't you believe Cesaro deserves a lot more than what he got? I'm referring to several prominent names who I've forgotten saying in off-camera appearances on other media platforms that their ideal match would be versus Cesaro. And he and Sheamus would have a good feud that became a dominant tag team. Yeah, I think that they did shortchange uh, Cesaro in, in, in you know a few ways. While he did main event one pay per view with Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, the championship never felt like in any real jeopardy. We all knew Roman Reigns was going to retain at that point. So it's certainly yeah he deserves a lot more. Yeah, I think he did, and I think wherever he goes, a wrestling company will will uh, acknowledge that and maybe give him more of an opportunity than WWE did. Okay, second, I'm aware that Texas is hosting WrestleMania. People want to see Austin, and there may be a program involving KO in Austin, but do you believe a physical match is required? No, I don't. In fact, I don't want one. And that's crazy for me to say, given that I am a massive Stone Cold Steve Austin fan, and he's the reason that I watched wrestling and got into it. I just I don't think it's needed. Uh, I mean, look, it's up to Steve, and will I be excited for it and watch it? Yes. But if I had the choice between a match happening and Stone Cold just, you know, coming out, doing his obligatory, you know, three, four stunners and dropping him with a bunch of beer, I'd prefer that. Because if, if Austin was to come back, I'd want it against Brock Lesnar. That's what I'd want it against. All right. So let's continue. Number three, Naomi. She's happy now that she's beaten Sonya. What's next? 
At this point, I believe she would benefit by turning heel, removing all the -the glow-in-the-dark stickers and uh, fireflies, and joining her husband in the bloodline. Who knows? Maybe she'll get the biggest push of her career. The problem with that, though, is two things. Number one, she's not truly a part of the bloodline. You could argue Paul Heyman isn't either, but Paul Heyman supersedes any kind of those requirements. And he's so good at what he does, he fits so well that it's almost not necessarily a requirement. He's, he's the mouthpiece for Roman, although Roman's doing well on his own. Naomi is not connected in any way blood-wise to Roman Reigns or the Usos. There's nothing there. And you also have to remember that it would take away a really good babyface run that she's on right now coming off of one of the best matches of the year with Charlotte a few weeks ago and taking another critical piece out of the, the, um, the, the women's roster, which they can't afford right now anyway. So I understand what you're saying, but I think she'd actually flourish in an environment where she can actually have a match, not just being another face to look at in a, a, a stable that doesn't need it. And they're doing just fine on their own. That's my thought. Um, Four, don't you think this dual personality thing with Damien is making a mess out of him? And if he loses to Balor, then he will again come down to the mid card. Yeah, I think it is making a mess out of him. I think that's one of the reasons why the fans started to organically turn on him. He just started snapping on people with no reason, no explanation. WWE never bothered to tell us because they couldn't come up with an answer or were too lazy to or didn't think we cared enough to know why he suddenly developed this dark personality. Um, yeah, that's, that's in part why I think that it's, he's better off as a heel. And do I think he'll go back down to the mid card? Probably. Yeah. Probably after he loses to Balor for a while. I don't think he'll be forever there. I think he's got eventual world title, um, a, a world title run in him at some point in his career. And your last point, I'm speaking of the losing the championship. Look what happened to Tamina. She actually turned into a mindless freak following the 24 seven title belt felt uh, belt like a zombie after the brains. Yeah. Look, I, that also isn't my flavor of wrestling. So I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not a fan of the 24 seven belt. I think it, it's been like three years too long now. Um, and it was funny while it lasted for the first, like, you know, six months. And then it was like, all right, they're never going to do, they're not going to, never going to kill this because it's their built-in comedy segment. They have a built-in entertainment segment that they love to produce every week. And it helps their narrative of, well, we're not just wrestling. See, we're entertainment. It also helps fulfill that narrative. So that's all. I'm a big fan of your show. I listen to you on Spotify. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, and I, I do appreciate that. And uh, hey, why don't you give us a five-star rating on, on Spotify? It'll help us out. Always got to be something in it for me, doesn't it? Man. Yeah, there's definitely something wrong with me. Okay, um, let's talk uh, to let's talk to Jacob. Jacob writes in and says, "Hey man, been been listening for only a little while, but I've got my opinion on things the same as everybody else. First, the Miz sucks. I watch the Hulu version and skip every segment he's a part of. During the pay per views, his matches are when I go grab food, go to the bathroom. Can't stand him. His character sucks. He's not entertaining in the ring and uh, in the ring either." And not sure why he's on top or one of the top paid wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go on the Miz train. I've, I've hammered that home to the point of death. I, I don't know what to say about this other than yes. <laughs> Second, Big E isn't a main, ele- and main event level character. They tried. It failed. Other than Woods being injured, I think his teaming with Kofi is a way of getting him back to the IC US uh, Championship singles competition without completely burying him. He's just not able to be that man at the top. You know, 
Well, first of all, he's on SmackDown, so he'll be, uh, you know, at some point competing for the IC title, I think. But I don't think they did Biggie well there. I mean, I, I don't think they they didn't set the foundation well for him to be WWE champion. They never fully separated him from the New Day. There were always ties back to it, and every chance that WWE got at a pay per view event or wherever they would remind you that he's still part of the new day. They're, they're all there. His boys look at re, new days reunited and Byron would lose his mind. And, you know, it, it's, it was never done well where he was completely separated. You never thought of Big E as a completely soul star. They never did enough foundational work on that. It was always, let's go back to the new day. Let's continue our clapping. Let's continue the gyrating. Let's continue. You know, that's the problem. So I, while, while I agree with you that I don't want Biggie as champion, I don't want this version of Biggie as champion. Okay, third, the ease of the journey Bianca had to winning the chamber match last week in a gauntlet, or last in a gauntlet, last in chamber. If WWE isn't planning on turning her heel, I think that it's going to push her character towards it unintentionally. I personally don't like Bianca's character. Her in-ring performance is great, but I think her being a heel would probably be better. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. WWE needs baby faces. Bad. Especially on the women's side. Really bad. Yeah, you have Sasha, but Sasha's been like so hit and miss here or there, not there. Maybe she had COVID. Maybe she didn't. She disappears for six months, is injured. Then like Sasha is the most bizarre, mythical character that WWE has. I mean, she is just, I don't know what is up. So you can't rely on her as a consistent baby face. And then you can't, re- I mean, Becky's heel, right? When Bailey comes back, she'll presumably be a heel. Um, you know, Ronda Rousey is your baby face, but how long is she going to be here? She's temporary. She's not a mainstay. And then you have, of course, Bianca Belair and uh, Rhea Ripley, who's a baby face. You don't have a lot. You don't have a lot. And I, I, I would not want her as a heel right now. I, I, I think she's good as a heel. We've seen it. People forget that. We've seen her as a heel with uh, actually the um, Street Profits over the pandemic era. She was obnoxious as hell, but yeah, her, her ease of the journey. They're not talking about that. And I think fans have generally forgotten about it. So I don't think they're going to push that, but I did forget. And clearly you didn't either last. I don't really like Reigns dominance or the Reigns dominance. I actually stopped watching anything Reigns had to deal with for the last half of 2020 and most of 21. There's so many things that make this character unappealing. He's going through mid-level talent at earlier pay-per-views to build him up. But are we supposed to think that there's any chance he'll lose the title, especially with Jay there to help out most of the time? His perceived probability of losing versus each opponent was extremely low, if even existent. Jay, zero. Jay, zero. Oh, I see you're going through every matchup he had. Owens, zero. Owens again, zero. Brian, zero. Brian again, zero. Edge and Brian, 10%. (laughs) <laughs> Cesaro had zero chance. Edge, 15%. Cena, zero. Balor, zero. Brock, 30. Rollins, 20. Goldberg, zero. You're probably right on those you know, those calculations. You know, you know, I would say that I'm sure that you know, there's no actual calculation behind it. Of course, it's just our feelings that are uh, put into a percentage form. And you say that uh, the match with Brock is 40%. I agree with that. I think that's fair. I think there's a solid chance that Brock wins. Do I think he's going to? No, I still think Roman's the favorite. We have yet to get to a match where Roman is not the favorite. Okay, 
But I agree. Yeah, he he needs more talent to work with, which is why I think that they're going to unify the belt. So it gives a Roman an entire new roster to work with. It essentially opens up the entire roster to Roman for Roman Reigns and creative to work with because they know that they're out of opponents. They know maybe that's the whole point of this unification match. It's not it's not for Brock to win, of course, I don't think. It's more for Roman to continue this title run, but also run rough shot, rough shot over the entire company. You know, go from show to show. Nobody can beat him. He has the entire roster to work with, not just SmackDown now. And they know that. And that's probably why they're doing this. Um, I might not like, like Brock being inserted into the storyline, but at least he makes he makes it so you don't know definitively that Rain wins. Reigns wins. Drew has been on SmackDown for how long? And it's received no. Sh- he's received no shots. He's stuck in a crappy storyline with Madcap and Corbin. It's purely a storyline that makes it too predictable to enjoy a Reigns match. Um, where am I here? I just lost it. Oh, I grew up in the Attitude Era. Titles change hands a lot. Not saying I want that, but going into each big match, there was more uncertainty on who would be walking out champion. Hard to care when you know what the outcome is. If I know the ending of a movie before I watch it, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. Jacob. Yeah, Jacob, look. Yeah, look, it's it's never enjoyable when you have an outcome you know is going to end up at a certain place all the time. I've said this, and I'll continue to say it. Predictability is okay if it's the right thing to do. Now, I don't want predictability always being used because it's the safe thing to do. You know, at, at times you need to take a risk. But predict- unpredictability for unpredictability's sake is not a sustainable strategy. You need to have a mix of unpredictability sprinkled in with many predictable outcomes because it's the right outcome. So I hear you, though. I understand what you're saying. All right. Let's. Um, OK, I, I think this is the final email. Yeah, this is the final email. OK, no matter no matter what, this is the last email. <laughs> OK, this is uh, from Big T. You're a listener from the UK. A new listener. Well, thank you, Big T. As a relatively new WWE fan, I've been enjoying the recent episode of Raw and SmackDown to a point. I really find that WWE has to repeat everything that Vince likes up to three times. We don't need Brock versus Roman for that third time. Here are my thoughts on the new United States champion. I really enjoyed this match, but I'm sick of Damian snapping at or nearing the end of a match. What are your thoughts? Another side note, they must be turning Damian heel. Well, number one, they did turn Damian heel. And him snapping at the end of a match... It is a, that's also predictable, but what's the point of it, and where does it come from? And then that's the more important thing: is where did this all of a sudden pop up? How did this evolve? What is this from? That's the more frustrating part for me. I think it's a fair question. Okay, KO and Seth as a tag team is taking time to adjust. They're both so much better as single stars, but I enjoy their friendship. I really doubt that they will be getting the tag team and tag belts. I hope that Alpha Academy retained to face the Street Profits at WrestleMania. I don't think you have anything to worry about there, Big T. I think that you're right. Alpha Academy will retain because Kevin Owens likely has a run-in with Stone Cold at WrestleMania, whether it's in a match or just kind of a segment of sorts. And I don't know what Seth's doing, though. Seth, to me, is the wild card. I can't believe I'm saying that given the last six months. Uh, six months that Seth has had. It's been brilliant for him. Uh, so I don't think you have anything to worry about. I believe your your matchup for WrestleMania will take place with Street Profits and Alpha Academy. The six-woman tag team match was decent. A good start to the Becky-Bianca feud. What was your view? Well, yeah, I mean, if you listen to my uh, Raw review, I was a big fan of that as well. 
and Anthony, who joined me on the show, also really loved the match. And uh, the, the whipping of Becky was brutal. Oof. I think Omos needs a credible opponent for WrestleMania. All the squash matches give him really no character. Who do you think it should be? The answer is nobody right now. I, I also answered this on my Raw review with Anthony. Is that Omos is not ready for a one-on-one match. We'll get there. But they've laid no foundation for it right now. None. You know, Bobby Lashley could be, if he wasn't injured, maybe in that match with Omos. But right now, I think he's going to be just a participant in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and he'll win it. That's all. And he'll stand there like everyone else is obliged and required by corporate to stand there. And like Andre, cross their arms like they're mimicking the statue because it makes a good picture for WWE.com and all their social media. That's it. That's all I think it'll be right now. I think Omos has a big 2022 ahead of him. But in, the, in, in terms of the next four weeks, him getting a singles match at WrestleMania, I don't think it's going to happen. He's not ready. Edge versus AJ is going to be a great match, but could we see this as a triple threat? Maybe Omos adds himself to continue the AJ Omos feud. Maybe a bit like Cena, Edge, and Big Show at WrestleMania 25. Any thoughts on this match? Thank you for reading The Big T, 11 years old, in Gloucestershire. Oh, my God. Why do I even embarrass myself trying to pronounce stuff? You're from the UK. I feel like I'm just like, I don't know. I think I need remedial reading or something. <laughs> okay. So I like your analogy about bringing up John Cena, Edge and Big Show at WrestleMania 25. Do I think that's going to happen though? No. I mean, Big Show is one of the most successful big men of all time. Omos is just starting. Omos is not ready for even a triple threat at WrestleMania. He's so limited in the ring right now. He's got a hell of a presence, and he has, I think, a hell of a future ahead of him, maybe even as world champion, but not yet. I don't need that. I think it would really, really pour cold water on what many people expect to be one of the matches of the night in AJ and Edge. There's no need to slow down the match to appease the no-selling of Omas, which is all he would do the entire match is no-sell, 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 no-sell. So anyway, thank you, Big T. And mercifully, mercifully, and I mean that respectfully, of course, uh, the emails have concluded. We are now going to take a pause and we're going to hear one last uh, sponsor break, at least uh, for this particular sponsor. And um, then we will get to voicemails on the back end. I can't get to everybody's voicemails. And actually, I want to look just as a precursor. I want to give you guys the number of messages. This is just through my Google voice that I use. Oh, my God. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13 messages just on my Google voice. That's not including messages I get through email. Messages I get through email, it's more like 15 voicemails, maybe more. Do you see the conundrum I'm in? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. It's just, it's too much. It's too much. So uh, I may end up, I'm going to have to slice anybody's uh, voicemail that they sent in twice. I mean, if you, if you send a duplicate voicemail in or you sent two in, I'm going to have to cut it. I can't. So just giving you guys a heads up as I warned you at the beginning of the show. It's it's a lot. So and I appreciate everybody, you know, who has uh, contributed. But all right. With that said, guys, I'm going to be right back with your voicemails right after this. Do you guys love mobile racing games and NFT collections? Then check out Meta Racer X. It's a mobile racing game, NFT collection and VR gaming experience all rolled into one. 
With the earn element utilizing Prodigy tokens, players are not only able to put their tokens on the line in gameplay, but have the ability to grow their Prodigy token holdings by investing or earning in-game incentives. MetaRacer X offers high-end graphic gaming experiences with creative gameplay and a competitive racing system. So check them out. It's MetaRacerX.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at Meta underscore Racer underscore X or on Twitter at Meta underscore Racer X. Meta Racer X is a collection of 10,000 unique 3D art pieces that are about to drop on the Ethereum blockchain. They also have a Discord server. Just search for Meta Racers X. You can also just directly link to that Discord server and all of the social media that I just told you. If you look at their Twitter, uh, they have a link tree where all of these are available for you. But if you want more information, you can, of course, check them out on social media. But I would recommend you go right to their website at MetaRacerX.com. They're building a community of gamers, NFT collectors, and fans of racing. They're rolling out a motorsport NFT collection created by, by a major design studio, and they use NFTs to race the community and earn prizes. And the most exciting element of the project, their introduction of MRX to the VR world. Guys, check out MetaRacerX.com today. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, everybody. Now, uh, during literally during the break, I got an email breaking from uh, Jeff from the Philippines, and it, it is an email, but it is breaking, and I think it's relevant to to share. And then we'll jump into the voicemails that I have. Is um, he? Yeah, you know, he he wrote and told me that it's been a while since he sent the email. I guess he's he has a whole bunch of things going on. He's been busy with his uh, internship. He hasn't been able to keep up with wrestling. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I would say, yeah, Jeff, it is very difficult to catch up on wrestling with so much content every week, but your big announcement that you're sharing with us. I'm glad you did. Thank you. Huge announcement on AEW dynamite. Tony Khan announced that he now owns ring of honor wrestling. Wow. Okay. Tony, how much, how much money does Tony Khan have? Exactly. How many people has he signed? I mean, how deep do his pockets go? I, 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 it's crazy, but, um, so Jeff, you said that this is interesting since ROH has a huge debt and that's the reason why they went on a hiatus, but did Tony Khan just buy them to, for the tape library? So AEW can have more content when they go on streaming, but I don't know. I do not know, Jeff. It's that. Sorry. I, I hate to cop out. I don't know. Uh, I'm not interested in the SmackDown women's championship at WrestleMania for sure. Ronda got the star power, but she's not good in the ring and on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> that's about all Rhonda has is like facial expressions and uh, you know, past history. Like she has a legacy of UFC being one of the most, the toughest women in, in the world and competing at the highest level and making an absolute star out of herself and being a household name. But that's all she's got in terms of pro wrestling. She's, I mean, name a match that she made you go. Oh my God, that was amazing. I mean, she's a good-looking woman who can make mean and happy facial expressions, which is really the only two emotions she shows. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, anyway. And your your final point is that you say that uh, I'm interested in the WWE and Universal Title unification match for the reason that I don't acknowledge the Universal Title as the top belt since it came out of nowhere, and I don't see the point of unifying the if the brand split will still continue. 
Thanks for all today. Thank you. Well, thanks, Jeff, number one, for the breaking news and uh, for your continued contributions to this. And the last thing I'll say about that is um, with the, the titles, yeah, the U.S., the Universal t- title came out of nowhere, but you got to admit that Roman Reigns has added so much importance to that belt, it almost feels on equal footing with the WWE title. If you ignore the lineage of the WWE title and realize how many people have held it and what it's done for the company, and you just looked at it for its current value, you would say at times the WWE title is worth less than Universal. Now, of course, we all know it's not true because of its lineage and history, but Roman Reigns has done such a great job with it and, and making it a belt that essentially, as you said, came out of nowhere. I've made out of thin air feel important. All right. So with all that said, as promised, let's get to the voicemails. And this is, you guessed it, it's Mr. DJ Kuzmo. Hello, WWE Podcast World. This is DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. I'm recording to you live once again on a beautiful Tuesday evening. And it is March 1st. It is March 1st. And we are just four weeks away. That is four weeks away until WrestleMania 38 down in Texas. Of course, night one on Saturday and night two on Sunday. And it should be a doozy of a WrestleMania. We do have the the big main event scheduled already for night one and night two. But I'm not going to be talking about that tonight. Tonight, I want to spend some time to pay tribute to the heels of professional wrestling. Yes, we see the great work that Roman Reigns has done, and I will get to him. And what did we just saw last night on Monday Night Raw? Did Edge officially turn heel? I'll get to that too. But before I get to those two guys, I want to talk about a guy who is, by far, in my opinion, the best the only and the true heel in all of professional wrestling. And I'm talking about none other than Maxwell Jacob Freeman, or as we all like to say, MJF. Now, I don't know if y'all saw AEW Dynamite last week, Wednesday, but man, oh man, was that an awesome promo that we saw last week with MJF talking about you know, how he had his hero, his hero just just crashed his dreams. And I'm talking about CM Punk. And MJF just went down memory lane talking about, you know, how he idolized CM Punk. How he had the poster of CM Punk in his bedroom. And that all he wanted to be was a professional wrestler like CM Punk to be the best in the world. And just to see how he went into the story about how CM Punk hurt him so bad when he left the WWE back in 2014. And to talk about the experience, the personal experience, I don't know if this was a true story or not, but I I felt some trutheism to MJF's promo. And it was the first time that I ever heard that, you know, that we have a heart for a heel like MJF, a true heel like MJF. And man, I almost shed a tear. MJF almost got me by that sob story about how CM Punk crashed his dreams when CM Punk left the WWE back in 2014 and all of the problems that, that, that MJF had when he was in high school. He had ADHD, you know, he was bullied on the football team and he didn't have a lot of friends because he was not popular. But 
He always idolized. He always idolized, like he said, he always idolized CM Punk. But just to see the emotion pouring out of MJF as he just relives the memories, the bad memories, the bad taste in, in his mouth about what CM Punk has done to him. And if you really look at it, it kind of makes sense logically as to why MJF is the heel that he is today because of what CM Punk had done to him and done to all of us. I'm just going to put it there bluntly of what he all done to us when he left WWE back in 2014. But yes, he did come back to AEW last year and all as well. But the sting, the sting, the sting of what CM Punk did to MJF when he was a teenager still is still to this day bothers him. And just to see the tears, the tears, just the tears rolling down MJF's face. Bravo! MJF Bravo what an awesome promo and then we see CM Punk CM Punk comes in with no music coming to the aid of MJF and CM Punk was like um is this true is this true is is, is this really true is this is this story really true MJF and MJF if I think he said I I think he did say that it is true that the events that transpired that took MJF into a downward spiral and turned him into the heel that he is today. The brilliant heel that MJF is today is because of what CM Punk done to him. And that, my friends, is brilliant, brilliant psychology of a true heel, showing emotion, getting the crowd to feel sorry for him, just to see how the tears rolling down MJF's face, just to see people having some sort of a, a maybe a, a, a chant or a, a cry just for MJF because of his sob story. Now, I don't know what's next in this storyline, but man, oh man, Am I loving this feud between CM Punk and MJF? So bravo, MJF. Bravo, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. What a brilliant promo. And by far, one of the most emotional promos that you will ever see from MJF. So if you have not seen that promo segment last week on Dynamite, I I want you to go see that on YouTube. It's somewhere on YouTube because it was such a brilliant promo just to tell the story of how he was, of how CM Punk was MJF's idol growing up and how he always wanted to be the best in the world. Now, continuing on tonight about heels, I want to talk about what transpired last night on Monday Night Raw. And what the whole, I guess you could say, I don't want to say this, but the WWE Universe, as they love to say, WWE Universe, everybody's saying, why, Edge, why? Why did you do the concerto on AJ Styles? Not once, but twice. Twice you hit AJ Styles with the steel chair. But if my memory, if my memory goes to remember that, wasn't there two years ago that Randy Orton did the same thing to Edge when Randy Orton gave Edge the concerto? Now, I don't know. I don't know if this is a pattern that we're seeing here with Edge, how whatever that happened between him and Randy Orton, if something must have snapped. 
But if this is truly an official heel turn, I am so happy because this is the real edge. This is the rated R superstar. I grew up on this type of edge with his fuse with John Cena, with his fuse with Mick Foley, with his fuse with The Undertaker and Batista in the Ruthless Aggression era. This is the edge that I have been waiting for. I hope to see that CM Punk gets to that level in AEW, but back to Edge again with the concerto. I am interested to see what is going to happen next week on Monday Night Raw. I most likely think that uh that AJ Styles, AJ Styles will be out for two weeks because you got to sell that injury. So I would say that AJ Styles is out for two weeks. But yes, yes to all the casual fans and everybody out there that says, but wait a minute, how did he turn heel and why did he turn heel? So here's a story that I thought of. Here's a story that I could kind of muscle up together to say this was how he turned heel. So let's just say back at the Royal Rumble, Edge and his wife, Bet Phoenix, they were in a match, of course, with The Miz and Maurice. I'm going to create this storyline here, so kind of work with me, folks. Uh, put your feet up and enjoy the story. So here is where the, I guess the seeds are being planted for the Edge heel turn. So in this match at the Royal Rumble, in the tag match, uh, Edge and his wife, Bet Phoenix, lose via a distraction by Maurice, and The Miz gets the pin on Edge. Now, fast forward to the Royal Rumble, and coming in at number 27, Number 27, we get Edge. Now, this version of Edge, in the storyline that I'm creating here, he lost, he lost his mind, his eyes are popping, and he looks very pissed off because he got pinned by The Miz and he got distracted, uh, his wife got distracted by Maurice. But now, we are in the Royal Rumble, in the storyline that I'm creating. So work with me, folks. Work with me here, folks. So in the in the Royal Rumble, now we have Edge. Edge is in the Royal Rumble, and he uh, he's fighting a couple of guys in the Rumble. And then we get to see the face-off between him and AJ Styles. So this is where the next seed is planted in the Edge heel turn. They go back and forth with their movesets, and then eventually Edge gets tossed over the top rope by AJ Styles. AJ Styles tosses Edge over the top rope, and then, of course, AJ Styles continues, and then, of course, Brock Lesnar comes in, and the rest is history. But there is where we see in my storyline that, uh, that Edge loses his mind. He lost in the match with uh, with Miz and Maurice, and then he got tossed over the top rope by none other than AJ Styles. As I continue the storyline, work with me, folks, work with me here, folks, on the Monday night after the Royal Rumble, the Miz and his wife, Maurice, they are celebrating that they are the power couple of the WWE. And then all of a sudden, Guess who comes to crash the party? None other than Edge. Edge comes in. But this version of Edge looks like the version that we saw last night on Monday Night Raw with the crazy hairstyle and the eyes, those maniacal eyes just popping out of his head. But the thing that he has in his hand is a steel chair. So he comes into the ring. He eyes the Miz. And he says, okay, great. But I still want my rematch. 
I want to get a chance to defeat you and continue and, and move on with the storyline. But anyway, anyway, we fast forward into the celebration and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, as The Miz and Edge shakes hands, he holds on to The Miz's hand for a little bit more longer and then he whips out the steel chair and gives The Miz the concerto. He gives not just one, not just two, but three concertos to The Miz. But do we feel sorry for The Miz? But then all of a sudden the paramedics come and put The Miz on a stretcher and Maurice is shocked that her husband is, is wheeled out in a stretcher as Edge looks on with the steel chair in his hand. And then we could see that the seeds are being planted even deeper as Edge is slowly turning heel. And then, and then we fast forward to the following Monday night. And of course, in this predicament, Edge, he is on the main and final segment of the show where he is walking, walking with intent with the steel chair in hand asking the big question who is out there that wants to challenge me challenge the rated r superstar who is out there that is worthy to take on the rated r superstar at the biggest at the granddaddy of them all wrestlemania and of course he points to the wrestlemania sign and then and then he talks about what transpired at the Royal Rumble between him and AJ Styles, how AJ Styles tossed him over the top rope. And he just relives that memory and talks about how he got screwed by AJ Styles. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we get AJ Styles music. And AJ Styles walks down the apron with the mic in his head and he says, Edge, you got your match at WrestleMania. I will be your next challenger to come on the WrestleMania granddaddy match of them all. And let's just raise the stipulation. I want this match between you and I in a steel cage. And it's just, why, why? Of course, why not? I'm all for it. So uh, AJ Styles comes into the ring and him and Edge has the stare down. Him and Edge has the stare down and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, as AJ Styles is leaving the ring, Edge comes in and hits AJ Styles with the steel chair, and again with the steel chair, and again with the steel chair, just maniacally hitting him over and over and over, just like what we saw last night on Monday Night Raw. So, folks, I'm just kind of create this storyline here for all you guys out there or for all you all that say wait a minute but where's the story why is it that uh that edge turned heel that was just my idea folks of how this could have happened but of course ww likes to rush things and we do have four weeks until wrestlemania so uh so now we have our match but i don't know what's the status about aj styles and can this actually be the opportunity for Cody Rhodes to show up next week on Monday Night Raw? Because now that AJ Styles, most likely he's going to be out for two weeks or maybe even more because of the concerto injury. Who knows? But after all of that, with that being said, with that being said, just bear with me, folks. Just bear with me, folks. I want to talk about 
just to close off tonight's tribute to the heels, I want to close off with the man. Not Becky Lynch, but I'm talking about Roman Reigns, the head of the table, the tribal chief, the universal champion, and probably our new, uh, whatever that new WWE championship might be, whether it's the Undisputed or the World Heavyweight title, whatever that name will be. I want to talk about the brilliant promo that he had last week, Friday night, doing the contract side with him and Brock Lesnar. And just to see that when Roman took the mic and he said that this is my ring, that this is my people, this is my WWE, this is my title. You see that cameraman over there? You see that cameraman? That is my cameraman. These are my announcers and they talk about me on my show because this is my WWE. Now, I got to say, we all know the brilliant work that Roman Reigns has done for, for God knows how long. But man, oh man, I want to see, I want to see at WrestleMania eventually that Roman Reigns pins Brock Lesnar. And we finally get Roman Reigns to become whatever the new WWE title will be. But just to close off tonight on the mailbag, sorry that I'm this long. I just want to take this time to, to just to... Uh, Pay tribute to the heels of professional wrestling. MJF with his sob story of a promo on Dynamite last week. Edge and the return of his heel character as the rated R superstar. And of course, the one and only, the tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, talking about this is his WWE. With that being said, folks, I hope you all have a blessed week and I will talk to you all next time. DJ, my goodness. Well, okay, there's so much there. I, I'm only going to be able to pick one thing. I mean, you're, you, you have such passion for this. I love it. You Earlier in your voicemail towards the beginning or middle of your voicemail, you talked about MJF. And the reason he is the way he is is because of CM Punk. And the, I did see the promo on AEW. MJF is a gosh darn genius of geniuses on the mic. I would argue he's the best in the entire business. And I mean that. I think he could go toe-to-toe with Paul Heyman. He is better than anybody right now on, on in WWE. Maybe rivaling, rivaling Edge on the mic. He, I think he would kill the Miz on the mic. Um, he is absolutely one of the best talkers we've ever seen in the history of pro wrestling. It's, 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 so, it's so fun hearing him speak. He doesn't stutter. He's clear. He's concise. He's confident. The guy is a machine on the microphone and also a wizard. He did turn the crowd with him. He, he turned the crowd that hated him and hated him for years into this sympathetic guy that, that they felt sorry. They, they had actually empathy for him because of the story, how he was a, a, a poor Jew boy who didn't have any friends. And the other way, really, the only thing he had to cling on to was pro wrestling. And the, what CM Punk did to him when he was young uh, is, is the reason why he is today. What the reason is what he is today. Here's what I think. Why is no one talking about this? Why, why are we not talking about the fact that this is all a part of the work for him? In other words, he is just BSing us to show us how weak we all are, how gullible we all are and play on the emotions of CM Punk to expose him and to show his weakness and that he truly is PG Punk. And like, 
why, why is no one talking about this? We're all just taking it at face value. Like, wow, that was so brilliant. He turned us into, he, he, he became a baby face in one promo. Oh, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Pump the brakes. Anybody remember Mark Henry and the salmon suit retirement speech where we all just were like enthralled by uh, Mark Henry and saying, my God, where was this? And he ended up uh, power slamming John Cena turning heel. And we all thought, I mean, this happens. And I think it's a part of it. How much more heat would MJF have if he ended up being able to brag that he duped us all into feeling sorry for him and that he it was able to perform, uh, create a academy, academy Award performance just to manipulate us and, and to expose the weakness of CM Punk. I mean, to me, that's a better plan than oh, all of a sudden MJF is a babyface. No, 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 no. They have a match coming up. Why would they want to do that now? So I agree with you, DJ, that it's a brilliant promo, but I don't think it's the end. I don't think it's the beginning or end of his heel run and beginning of a babyface run for MJF. I think it's quite the contrary. They're doubling down. They're going to double down. MJF's going to double down on this and expose that it was all just a bunch of BS and an Academy Award performance. That's what I think. I know I don't talk a whole lot about AEW, but I did see that. Anything MJF does, I follow. God, he's so good. He really is. So, all right, DJ, thank you for that. And let's get to our other voicemails here. Again, everybody, I want to just preface this. You may not hear all your voicemails. So I'm going to get to one of the voice, one voicemail per person. Got to limit it to that. So uh, let's go right now. Hey, man, it's Joseph from Merlin. So I was just listening to your mailbag and, um, I I found interesting how you said that if Roman wins the WWE title, then he can work with the Royal roster. That definitely changed my whole perspective on the situation because I didn't even think about that. Because look who's on Raw. You got Orton Riddle, Seth Rollins, you got KO, you got AJ Styles, Edge, but we don't need to see Edge and Reigns again. Um Hey, Bobby Lashley. So I think actually, I think this is actually kind of a good thing. I mean, it's still a bad thing that you have one champion blowing between two brands, but this is actually a good thing because you're still building a Roman Reigns. If Roman Reigns is a WWE champion, he can he can beat Randy Orton, which he will. He'll probably beat AJ Styles, Riddle, or or hey, I mean maybe Riddle can you know take the belt off him. He still has that uh, robbery that um he still has that um you know the situation with Seth Rollins and Royal Rumble that's definitely not over yet. So I think I think this is definitely more of a good thing than a bad thing now that I think about it that Reigns will be double that Reigns will be double champion and he'll be able to work with Raw and SmackDown and hey you just keep building him up to you know that megastar. Have him be some more legends, you know, some top tier talent, and then, hey, that'll make whoever takes the belt off him that'll make it even more special. So yeah, I'm definitely, um, I definitely changed my mind on the whole uh, ring situation. So yeah, so that's it. I just wanted to, I just wanted to get that out before I forget because I'll probably forget by next week, you know, that you made that statement. So I just want to get that out there. So yeah, man, thanks and uh. I'll definitely call in after both Raw and SmackDown. 
Justin, yeah. So I know you sent this almost a week ago. You sent that voicemail. So I know it's a little bit old, but because uh, you sent it right after the voice or the uh, mailbag was posted, or at least close to that time. But anyway, Justin, thank you as always. Great to hear you. So yes, I mean, I just went over this. If you got this far in the mailbag, you have already heard me talk about the fact that now it opens up the whole roster for Roman. Again, I'm still not backtracking, though, from the fact that it's screwing the entire Raw roster from not being able to have a somebody or multi, uh, multiple people in. Obviously, it has to be multiple. Can't have a title match by yourself. It, it screws at least two guys out of a main event spot of WrestleMania. You know, Raw guys. And that's the problem I have. Because you may say, well, how else is Roman supposed to open himself up to the rest of the roster? You got to unify the belts. No, you don't. You know what you do? Easy. You have Paul Heyman negotiate a contract with Raw, or he he is uh, maybe advocating for upper management to allow Roman Reigns to uh, be a floating star. You know, it's easy. Paul Heyman is is your uh, is your is your 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 your, your ticket. You know, why not use him? He did it before with negotiating the Usos in the draft that we were told that he was the reason that the Usos, while they were in the draft, were able to stay on SmackDown with Roman. So it's feasible to believe that Roman could ask Paul Hammond to, uh, you know, pitch the sell to uh, to upper management to allow him to go to Raw and do what he wants and just realize and just be honest. You could have created a story saying, hey, uh, I've run out of talent. I've looked around and I've beaten everybody. It's time for me to be able to do what I want. I'm bigger than the draft. You know, and I'd be fine with that because it makes sense. That's how you do it. And that's also how you get not screw guys on Raw out of a championship opportunity at WrestleMania, and you also get what you want by having Roman be able to open up himself to the entire roster. So that's my thought. Um, but thank you, Justin. All right, uh, let's see here, guys. Uh, I'm gonna get to get to. I, I think this is. I think this is Kyle from Baltimore. Um, Kyle, I don't know if you have any other voicemails, but I think you do. So, Kyle. I, I gotta, I'm going to go with your longer voicemail. Okay. So I, I think that's my justification. So, um, let's get to Kyle from Baltimore. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. So I want to get to um, something that I brought up last week, but they get a chance to talk about it was Bianca Belair and, and Becky Lynch. Their feud heading into WrestleMania with, with the, um, of, of that feud itself. Now they all, it, it was it was birthed into of what happened last year at SummerSlam was that he wanted to tell 26 seconds. So, and then, and, but that's it. And is, is it what you said before saying that have a really good story, story with this? That's how they can, can base off of it. If that never happened, what do you do? Will people be super invested in this match like they are because they have pretty much making to make, uh, what's the word to, Right or wrong, or what happened at SummerSlam? That's pretty much why they're doing this match in a lot of ways. But they have great chemistry together, and and overall they have some. They have, so don't question if that's going to be a great match. Right? The story is just that the fact that Bianca is going to take on Becky for the championship to right or wrong, what happened at SummerSlam because of a dumb booking decision from WWE themselves. That's why they're doing the match in a lot of ways, and so that's kind of weak. And also with Charlotte and Ronda. Wrestling, wrestling each other because they are the two biggest names. There's no reason for them to, to wrestle. And Ronda has it look good so far in the ring, so it's like that match looks like it's going to be sloppy overall. But but, but it's both Becky and Bianca, it's going to be a great match because they have great chemistry and I'm a fan of both women. But at the end of the day, that's where it, it comes down to. So that's not enough 
to I'm already excited for the match, but to, to hype for it, it's going to be really interesting how they're going to hype up this match for next month because that's that's where it pretty much started was from whenever that SummerSlam. So that's my question: that's how can he make this interesting? That is it that does evolve around what happened at SummerSlam, but that's our question. But that, that's it. Thanks for the call. Bye. Hey Kyle. So yeah, I mean, look, that's the entire story for Becky and Bianca. Not only are they the, one, arguably the one of the two biggest women, really not even arguably they are one of the two biggest women in WWE in pro wrestling. Period. Going toe to toe, they can go really well. I'm sure they'll have an amazing matchup. And they'll be able to potentially have the women's match of the entire pay-per-view. I think it'll be better than Ronda Charlotte for sure because of Ronda's limitations. So I have no no doubt that between the two women's championship matches, this will be the better one quality-wise. If you guys are looking at this purely from a, a, a physical wrestling perspective, this is the better one. Now, the story is arguably, you know, depends on where you, where you stand there. That's a little bit more subjective. But you're right, Kyle. The, the whole story with Becky and Bianca is really going back to the 26 seconds or whatever it was at, Wrestle, at SummerSlam this past year. That's where it all starts. And I always say every year that SummerSlam events often lead to WrestleMania implications. And we are seeing that with the Women's Championship on Raw and Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. So, ta-da! All right. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. Let's uh, let's get to the next person here. Hey, Matt. Brad in New York. Um, it's uh, probably uh, trivial and petty, but I'm a really big fan of ring entrances, and I don't love the idea of Sasha Banks and Naomi, the women with, in my opinion, the two best ring entrances in the entire um, company, joining up together like how are they going to navigate that like they're going to remove Sasha's entrance they're going to like team it up with Naomi's are they going to have them come in one at a time and just shorten them both like I just don't understand how that would even work together if they are a tag team and I feel like you're taking two of the best singles competitors in women's wrestling maybe the two best in my opinion in the ring Sasha and Naomi and you're putting them out of singles competition and you're like kind of weakening the women's the women's division for a title that really doesn't matter in the tag team championships. So I wanted your thoughts on that. Um, not really that important, but just something I was interested in hearing from you. Thanks, man. Hey, Brad. No, you know what? That's a good point. I don't know what they're going to do because they both have really good entrances together. And I mean, Sasha has, I really love Sasha's music. I got to say, and, and Naomi has a very electric and almost just a contagious entrance as well. Big on both of them. Entrances are always, I mean, it's one of the most important things as a character is your entrance. So very short answer, Brad. I think they come in separately. I don't think there's any need to combine them or try to figure out a way to mesh their music together and mesh their entrances together or figure out who's the quote bigger star. And that person just comes out to that person. The, the, uh, the, the quote unquote lower person just comes out to the, to the more established stars music. We've seen that before. I think they just come out separately because I don't think there's any, I don't think long-term I'm going to say long-term more than like a couple of months of, of a, um, of a run with these two. And, you know, maybe they don't win the belts at WrestleMania. I think they do. I mean, there's nobody else contending them. So maybe they just hold them, you know, forever. Cause no other women, no women in WWE are interested in these tag belts. Cause 
there's no one to contend them other than now Carmella and um, Zelina Vega, you know, so. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think if they end up meshing them together, it's gonna. Number one, it takes a while. It always takes a while. There's always a lag behind a, a heel change or a tag team being a true tag team that WWE has long term plans for that they're gonna say, okay, it's in, it's worth investing the time to create, come up with new music, come up with merch, merge their entrances somehow, like they did it with RK Bro because they had a substantial run, but with. Um, with Naomi and Sasha, they are singles competitors. They don't feel like they belong together. I don't think that they'll do anything other than separate entrances. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. So thanks, Brad. And uh, a couple more. What's up, Matt? It's Rocky T. Dan here from Houston, Texas. Um, just wanted to come in and comment on something you said last week about starting to let your kids watch wrestling. Well, my oldest seven and he's a diehard wrestling fan just like me. Um, he watches, he plays the game, we have action figures. His favorite wrestler is Kane. Um, so yeah, and uh, one last comment real quick. I'm gonna make it short. Uh, still mad about the breakup of the Iconics. And one thought about a WrestleMania prediction uh, for the title match. Maybe, this is way out of left field, but maybe The Rock comes back and helps Roman win. If they're not going to make it a clean victory for him to protect Brock, he's done it before. He's interfered in a title match at WrestleMania before. Maybe he joins the bloodline. Or maybe it's just a one-off. Or maybe he sets up a match with Brock. I don't know. Just left field, like I said. Anyways, all right. Thanks. Rocky, how you doing, buddy? So it's cool. I mean, you got a seven-year-old son, and he's a diehard fan. His favorite wrestler is Kane. I do wonder, how did that happen exactly? <laughs> because, I mean, unless he's been watching from you know, almost since birth, Kane has not been an active competitor. I mean, he, he shows up occasionally at Royal, at the, like the Royal Rumble or just like randomly out of nowhere every two years just to choke slam somebody. But it's interesting. How did he become a Kane fan? Kane hasn't been a full-time active competitor in like a decade. So interesting. Cool. I love it. Kane is... So, is one of my favorites of all time too. And had he not been overshadowed by even bigger stars like Stone Cold and The Rock and The Undertaker and Triple H and all that, I think Kane could have been at the top of the of the company as a babyface or a heel for many, many, many months or years. But you know, he had he had all stars of all stars. He had like the top one percent of the top one percent <laughs> of performers above him. And though, so that's why I think. Well, Kane is still one of the best of all time. Anyway, let's move on. I don't want to get on a Kane rant. Um, so as far as your WrestleMania prediction about The Rock coming back, yeah, look, I think The Rock may... Here's my prediction. I don't think you're wrong about helping Roman win, but I, okay, I don't think Rock will come back to help Roman win. Roman right now has enough help, and everyone wants Rock Roman. Everybody. I think everybody wants to... It, it's built in. It's It's just makes sense. So The Rock's going to come back. It's got to be in a babyface capacity. You can't align him with Roman. No one's going to want to boo The Rock right now if he comes out. It's just it's like trying to turn Austin heel. It doesn't work well. So I think that if you have Rock come out, it's got to be towards the end of the match. Maybe he screws Roman out of the belt. You hear, if you smell, and then he comes out. Referee's down. He rock bottoms Roman. Roman uh, loses the belt to Brock and uh, streaks over. Boom. I don't think that's going to happen. But if you're going to book The Rock, I wouldn't have him help Roman because you want to be Rock versus Roman. Um, 
you know, so that, that's how I think that one would play out. And the breakup of the Iconics, one of the worst moves WWE has ever made. <laughs> I mean, especially in the women's division anyway. I, I, I ranted about the Iconics being let go and split up for no reason. They didn't do anything significant, either of them, on their singles runs at all. Other than Billy Kay starting to catch a little bit of fire with her resume thing, which was actually really funny. I enjoyed that on a weekly basis. But outside of that, that's it. It was a travesty for no reason. To, to break them up for what? I, I was thinking there was some overarching goal or whatever. Nothing. They had them. They were just broken up just to break them up for, you know, Vince McMahon's just reasons. I don't know. All right. Uh, let's continue on, guys, and we'll close things out in, in just a couple of minutes. Hello, everyone. This is Memphis Mark calling you from Mullet Manor. Uh, just going to go through real quickly because I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about this week. Uh, AEW, I have to say, was a pretty good week this past week, but let's go straight into Raw. Uh, KO Seth, the opening. Hey, you know what? I figured it would be stupid and ignorant as, as most of them are. You know, it's all right. It's an opening act for a big band. Uh, somebody, somebody, please. I don't know what part of the country you're at. Whatever it is down here, it would be barbecue, uh, Philly. Uh, you know, uh, a cheese steak. Uh, just wherever it is, somebody feed Becky a sandwich. That girl needs some weight on her. All right, and. Uh, Man, uh, the uh, girls' match, I got to say, or excuse me, I don't want to say the girls' match. That was uh, disrespectful. The ladies' match was uh, was actually pretty damn good. Uh, I love the fact that Becky uh, beat the crap out of her with her hair and then got that crap beat out of her with her hair what kind of whelps man did you hear that first one if that was legit oh that hurt alright now we're going to uh, Randy uh, what the hell are they doing Randy come on man and then what are we going to have Randy Gate whether the foot, foot was on or off uh, Veer Veer did Veer take a mega bus uh, and then uh uh, uh, I like the heel, heel, heel turn, or, or heel, heel turn, I guess you should say. Um, uh, it was finally time, you know, Finn wins the belt. I love the heel turn there, but let's talk Edge. I've got to say, wow, that just blew me away. All right, guys, thank you. Have a great night. Spay and neuter. Memphis Mark could not have a mailbag without you, buddy. I know you said in another voicemail, but rules are rules. I'm such a rule follower. Um, ones that I make up myself anyway. So, okay. I, <laughs> I had to laugh at the Megabus comment. I mean, anybody that's taken a Megabus, you know it's not exactly an express route, right? Megabus stops everywhere. And that's the point of the Megabus and why it's so cheap is it's not a direct route. You're often cramped on a, a bus going, I mean, I used to go to New York City on a mega bus a few times. Uh, you know, I did it, and it is not exactly the express route. So yeah, maybe he is stuck on a mega bus. <laughs> it's very possible. Um, and you know, Becky Lynch. I did notice that too. You know, Becky Lynch has been looking very, very thin 
and I'm not one to body shame, and I don't think she's in a unhealthy place, but she's starting to appear as if you're right. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's almost like she's overdoing the cardio and not eating enough. I, I'm being serious, and I'm with you, Mark. And she, every chance she gets, boy, she loves to show off her stomach, doesn't she? I mean, every chance she gets, you know, she should, she's proud of her body, and I respect that. But from an outsider's perspective, just kind of casually watching, she does look a little on the thin side, almost two-toned. And I don't know if she's in some kind of competition with Charlotte Flair, who is also extremely narcissistic when it comes to her body. I mean, Charlotte Flair, I think she just is defined by her body. At least that's how she looks at herself is just she is defined by how she looks. You don't if you, you don't take my word for it. Go look at her Twitter or Instagram. Everything she posts, if it's not about, you know, making out with uh, her, her fiance, or, you know, basically having sex <laughs> on, uh, on, on Instagram. I mean, they're not actually, but it, it feels very, very uncomfortable at times with the things they do on Instagram. Uh, you know, she just, Oh, look at this body part. Oh, look at these tight pants I'm wearing. You know, my God, uh, look at my workout I'm doing. I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff. And Charlotte, well, I'm a big fan of her as a, as a, as a competitor and as a performer. I don't know. It seems a little bit too much of that. And Becky does seem a little bit thin. Um, but yeah, uh, and as far as the the opening segment of Raw, I already commented on that. That was uh, absolutely amazing, uh, compared to, especially comparatively to a lot of openings of Raw. And yeah, the heel turns, both well done. I agree. Thanks, Mark. And uh, maybe we'll have time for one more. Let, let's keep going. Hey, Matt. It's New York Kyle again. Uh, this is my second voicemail because I have two more things I want to talk about from Raw. Damian Priest and uh, Edge. So Damian Priest losing the U.S. title to Finn Balor. I'm a little shocked, but I'm also pretty happy because I think Finn Balor deserves it right now. Even though I know he's been getting jobbed out by Austin Theory and all that, but Finn Balor is a, is a great, is an amazing talent. Like you, Matt, I'm a huge fan of Finn Balor. And I, since I watched NXT, when he was, when he returned to NXT in 2019, those two years, he was great. He was a great NXT champion. Sorry, I burped, excuse me. Um, he was a great NXT champion. Um, so I'm glad he won it. And I'm also happy that we got what me and you and probably a lot of fans wanted, Damian Priest turning heel. I'm excited to see where that goes. That's going to be fun. Also, another thing that I think we, we all wanted, even though we all love Edge as a babyface, maybe other, maybe other than Mr. Casual Wrestling fan, everyone else on this podcast mostly was an Edge fan, loved Edge as a babyface. But also everyone on this podcast is an Edge fan, also loves him as a heel as well, like me and you. So I'm actually very happy he turned heel in the suit of AJ Styles. AJ Styles just was a heel of Omos. And AJ and Edge both play great heels and great babyfaces. So I was scared they were going to... Like, I'm so happy AJ fighting Edge like we all thought was going to happen. But I was scared they were going to turn AJ heel in this feud. I was scared of, of that. So I'm so glad they made Edge, Edge have the heel turn. I'm so glad we can baby face AJ and heal Edge. I'm very happy about that. And I'm excited for that match. I think it's going to be a... I think it could be a match of the night. If it's, if it's on night... If it's on, like, night one and Rowan, Rowan rocks on night two, I think AJ and Edge could be a match of the night for night one. Hell, maybe it's on night two. Hell, maybe it could be better than Roman and Brock. So, this is Edge and AJ. So, yeah. 
I'm I'm having both the two heel turns. It was crazy. We got two heel turns in like a half hour. That was awesome. Anyway, um, my my three minutes is about to end. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'm not busy next week. I'll talk to you guys next week. So thanks as always, and yeah, talk to you next week. Kyle, I know you have other voicemails. You sent in three. <laughs> I'm picking your longest one. This was your longest one, so that I think that's fair. Uh, Kyle, look, yeah, I mean, um, your 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 comments about Edge as a heel, I think are not stressed enough that if you haven't seen Edge as a heel before, you're in for a treat. And I mean that in a way that you're going to want to see Edge get destroyed. For while we've been cheering him, those of you that have not experienced Edge as a heel before have been you know, supporting him and cheering him. And, oh, my God, this is great. Edge is back. We've had two years now. Two years. Granted, a year and a half of it was the pandemic era, which I really feel bad for Edge about. But we've had a long time now to embrace him, love him, welcome him back. We are now in for the treat. We're now in for really, I think, a lot of fun because Edge is a heel. We have forgotten. And if you, again, if you haven't seen it, get yourself, buckle in. I hope this is a get yourself ready. This is not just a one-off and then he's back to a baby face. I want to see the old Edge. I want to see not Mr. Let me make, let me, you know, compliment my wife 18 times during a promo and, you know, smile. No, 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 no. That Edge should be dead. I want... 2006 edge that's what i want so hopefully we get it thank you kyle and let's see i'll do one more uh one more voicemail i believe this is from alex the french guy so let's see what alex has to say and this will be our final voicemail for the night hello guys alex the french guy here i just wanted to test out the voicemail so as you can see here most uh, like here is I'm from France and I just wanted to give some comments about like WrestleMania around the corner and Raw this past Monday. Uh, I'm a big Edge fan, if you guys noticed, but I, I wanted to point out a thing about like just not Edge, but also like storylines based on the classic, the superstar that goes on the, on the ring and goes like, uh, all right, uh, I want to do a WrestleMania legend. I want to do like a WrestleMania match and then goes, uh, as of, all right, everyone in the locker room, this is an open challenge. You can come and challenge me. This is not the first time that WWE does that, um, recently. And this points at me something that I, I really like about the product is that I really like organic storylines. I think like most of, of the fans, but here, like this, this thing of going into, all right, I'm challenging some of someone in the locker room and then someone pop up. It's something that I don't think is super interesting in terms of storyline and investment. Let's, let's take that, that example of uh, Edge and AJ Starr. This, this past Monday, then AJ comes, and then, like, there's no, uh, I think, backbone for the story. I think, like, when Edge returned, that was perfect in a way because Randy Orton and him have a, a big storyline uh, between them over the years. But I think it's, it's not even that difficult to create something out of the blue. Like, Edge could have, I don't know, like, Challenge AJ Styles, like ran into him into a, like a cinematic thing, like, uh, having a discussion or like something into like 
the other product of WWE, like interviews, things like that. All I want to say is that uh, having those type of challenge, like unorganic things, I'm not quite a fan of. And uh, I think it's, it gets less interesting for people to follow the storyline in general because, like, you want to get ahead and enjoy the story, like, behind the, behind the match. And uh, that's something I, I wanted to, to point out. Second thing, at last, I will not be long, is that I really enjoy, like, stipulation, different stipulation during... Hey, Alex, so I know you got cut off there. Um, you know, we do have a three-minute uh, automatic cutoff. So um, anyway, which, by the way, before I forget, anybody that wants to join the voicemail portion, 518-952-0247 is the number. But um, I understand what you're saying, Alex. Totally get it, right? You have a program that doesn't make any sense that it's happening. AJ just comes out of the blue. It's a very cold matchup, meaning, like you said, there's no storyline like there was with Edge and Orton. There is nothing organically happening. You're right. And not every storyline can be organically happening. It also kind of creates interest where who's going to answer the challenge? Is it, is it Cody Rhodes? Is it somebody big returning? And I, th- I was a little disappointed when AJ came out because I'm like, oh, well, AJ hasn't exactly been you know on fire as of late. And it's like eh, I was hoping for somebody bigger. I just was. But they, I think, knew that. And Edge is smart enough to know that. And he was able to convince management to be smart enough to know that they need to do something extreme to get people interested in this because this is coming out of the blue. There's no backstory. There's nothing in real life that I'm aware of that has happened that they can build into this. And they did something extreme to get you interested. And I think it worked for the most part, right? They did the concerto edge turned heel. He kicked AJ in the, uh, you know, the lower region. He you know, smashed his head with a chair. Now you have a heel edge who's turned dastardly. He's going to steal, you know, just uh, absolutely low balling, I guess pun intended, AJ Styles, and he's taking the low road and he's going dastardly. He's going evil. That's also the story. Why did Edge do this, right? Why, Edge? Why? The old, the, the good old question that anytime anybody has, anybody turns heel, that's like a, I can always picture the sign in the audience of why so-and-so, why? I mean, why did you turn heel? Why did you turn on us? What happened? So we'll, I'm very interested to hear the, the follow-up from Edge. Plus, are you not interested in seeing AJ Styles respond to this? Are you not interested in seeing AJ get revenge? And if so, isn't that the point? Didn't they mission accomplished? Now they have four weeks to continue to heat this up. And they went, they went in with a bang, an absolute bang. I guess, boy, I'm full of puns tonight. They, they went in with an absolute bang. They know they needed to make an immediate impact and do something extreme to take this from a completely cold matchup to something you care about instantly. And they did it. And I think they, they did it as good as you could have expected. So thank you, Alex. Thank you to everybody. And I know that, again, multiple voicemails did come in from everybody, but I try to give everyone at least something in the, uh, in the mailbag, even though you didn't get every voicemail you had in there. So uh, for future, try to keep it to three minutes. I'll be able to get your voicemail in uh, every week and uh, emails as well. So thank you everybody for listening. I do appreciate it. Continue consider going VIP on our website. It gives you ad free content. Use the code WrestleMania at the discount in the discount code area. I did make that correction and you'll be able to get in and get 50% off the first month, which is just a dollar 50. And then you can also go to Patreon and a dollar there gets you all our shows ad free and a shout out and a discord server access, or you can use Apple podcasts. We also have a subscribe ad free button there. 
So thank you, everybody. Thank you. This has been a fun week, a fun voicemail show, a fun mailbag show. And I will talk to you next time, which will be, I think, yeah, it'll be Sunday night for the week in review. So thank you, everybody. Until then, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.